Good morning, everyone, and welcome to High Point Church Online. This is our last online recorded service of the year, 2022. So we brought out all the stops, bringing everybody out here to say, what's up, people? My name is Gerald. <laughs> I'm Allison. I'm Catherine. I'm Amy. I'm Miriam. And I'm Jenny. And we're here to say Merry Christmas, Feliz Mommy God, whatever you want to call it. Ho, 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 as Black Santa's in the house. Yes! <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's tell you what we got going on, people. We have our Christmas Eve Eve service coming up on the 23rd, and we want to encourage you to come out and see us. If you are local, we would love to have you here with us. If you are not local, we would love for you to text CHEER to 97000, find a church that's near you, and go see them for their Christmas service. We are so happy to have you here today. Yeah, absolutely. And so just a reminder, like Allison said, you can text CHEER to 97000 for all the things uh, Christmas at High Point Church. But before we head into Advent this morning, I just want to give, we want to give a special shout out to our amazing video editor, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Dan. Come on, Dan. Dan, for those of you who have participated yes. in our online services, Dan has edited from afar in Vermont. Um, and we just are so grateful for him. All the things that you see that have happened here, he has trained us to do, and we could not do this without his help. So Dan, Merry Christmas and special thanks to Merry you. Merry Christmas, Dad. Merry Christmas, thank you. Is the North Pole? It might as well be. <laughs> it's close. Well, all of you know, we are serious about fun, clearly, but we're also serious about our faith. And we're going to continue this time of Christmas with our Advent reading from Gerald and Allison. As we enter this fourth the final week of Advent, we are lighting the, light the candle of love. The scripture in John 3.16-17, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So we're gonna light all three candles. So today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we've lit the candles representing hope, <laughs> peace, and joy. Today, we also light the candle that represents love. We remember our Savior's great love for us. We remember His coming into the world as a baby and His great sacrifice so we could know Him. We wouldn't be here and we couldn't have a relationship with God without His love. So let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to care and to save us from our own selves, Father. We pray, Lord God, that we continue to walk in your love and follow in your love. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, amen. Amen. Since we won't be online for Christmas Eve Eve service, we are now going to light the final candle. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. 
The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never be extinguished. John 1, verse 1 through 5. So today we celebrate the light that has come into the world, Jesus. We've lit the candles of Advent that represent hope, peace, joy, and love. Today we light the Christ candle. We do this to remember and recognize that Jesus' life brings light to us all. He is the light of the world. Pray with us. Jesus, thank you for lighting the darkness and giving us life in your name. Thank you for laying down your life for us so that we can walk with you. Help us to always walk in your light. Amen. Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. Great to be worshiping with you online. And let me start things off by saying Merry Christmas. This is our official uh, last online service of the year. Uh, but if you happen to live uh, locally, you can join us for Christmas Eve Eve at 7 p.m. at the 1808. But if you don't and you're watching from afar or just a little bit out of the Atlanta range of drivable distance, uh, Merry Christmas to you. And we wish you just uh, the best time celebrating truly the birth of Jesus and what that means to you and to me and to the world. Uh, it's a great day. It's a great time. That being said, one more thing, um, be on the lookout for some, for some adjustments and changes to what online service looks like. We've got a few things uh, in the bag, so to speak, um, uh, heading into 2023. With that, uh, let's get into the message today. We're in a series at High Point called At The Movies. If you're like me, you love to watch some Christmas films, and even if you're not, you'll be able to track with this. There's old classics, and there's also some new modern classics. We've got Home Alone. We've got Gremlins, one of my all-time favorites. It's a Wonderful Life. White Christmas, if you're into musicals. Um, you know, there's uh, Last Holiday. Uh, there's The Family Man. There, there are scores of movies, but one of the newer movies that's kind of quickly become a classic in our home that just gets the laughs is a movie called The Christmas Chronicles. It's on Netflix. And it's got, uh, you know, Santa is in it. And you have uh, a young girl named Kate and her older brother, uh, Teddy. And, you know, they're going through it. They're having some tough times. But, but Kate is a true believer. She believes in Santa. And so she's writing her, well, she's filming her letter to Santa. She doesn't write, who writes letters these days, right? Technology, right? So she films her, her, her letter to, to Santa and, you know, Teddy gets in trouble. He's literally getting busted for boosting cars. Things aren't going super well. And, and so they have this moment where they decide to stay up together and, you know, he owes her a favor. And so Kate wants him to stay up to see if they can see Santa show up. She's a true believer. He's not. He doesn't believe anymore. At least in theory, he doesn't. And the truth is the, the pain of his life and his experience it's left his heart damaged. See, his dad passed away, perished in a fire uh, several years prior. He's a fireman. And this young son didn't know how to deal and didn't know how to process this. And it affected his ability to trust and his ability to, to what to believe. 
And so on the surface, you have a movie that's about two kids trying to, you know, prove that Santa either is or isn't real. But what the movie really is about, it's about a heart becoming whole again. So it makes, that's what makes movies great. You think you're watching one thing and you get okey-doped on the other, right? And the truth of it is we can pull from this film and this movie as we look at the scriptures, we see this theme really weaved in and out of, of not only the Bible, but we, we see this in our own life and in our own experiences. How many of you have been shaped by pain, where your faith has been impacted, your ability to believe, your ability to trust, for better or worse at times. Pain has the capacity to transform for great things or to deform, right, for, for not so great things. Pain does that. It, it, it works inside of you. It's transformative. It's also deformative. And we have every person who's watching, every person who's at a Christmas Eve Eve service, every person living around me right now has been impacted and shaped by pain. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter one. We're gonna get into a story that's, that's running uh, uh, it, it, parallel to the birth of Christ. It's actually the, the, the birth of John the Baptist, more specifically even the account of, of the angel appearing to Zechariah and to his wife, Elizabeth. Turn with me here in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, as we look at what to do uh, with the condition of our hearts. How do we, how do we trust God in, in, in moments of difficulty, in moments of waiting, in moments of pain? What does this look like for us? What's God trying to do in your heart? What's he trying to do this Christmas? Luke chapter one. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So you have Zechariah the priest and his wife Elizabeth. Uh, they're faithful. They're righteous. In fact, let, let's get real specific. The text clues us into to three things. They're righteous and blameless. They're childless. And they're old. They're righteous. They're childless. And they're old. And Zechariah, uh, he gets picked uh, to, to, to serve. The, the, the lottery comes up. I'll explain that in just a second. For him to get to burn the incense in the temple. But before we get to it, know what Zechariah's name means. It means the Lord remembers. And Elizabeth's name means uh, the oath of God. And so the two of them becoming one in their marriage, their, their unity, you have the Lord remembers his oath. In other words, the Lord remembers his promise. That's the meaning of their, their marriage, them coming together, their two names becoming one. The Lord remembers his promise. It's significant in this account. 
So, so uh, uh, Zechariah, they live in the hill country, by the way. They don't live in Jerusalem. There's something about Zechariah and Elizabeth that I love. They've, they've kind of, you know, they're not interested in the celebrity life, the big city life. He's not trying to be, you know, this big priest with a big following, right? I mean, he's older. They don't have kids. And here they are, you know, they, they live outside the city in the hill country. We don't know exactly, but, but his name gets picked. And if you don't know, there's, there's 24 different divisions of Levites, all, all uh, required to serve in the temple at different times during the year. And, and, so, and there's about 1,000 to 2,000 people in each division. So you're talking about, you know, 20 to 24,000 priests. And there's a lottery that's chosen. Right for you to serve in that particular moment. In other words, this is a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Most priests never get this opportunity. And so when his name is drawn, it's a tremendous honor. What a significant moment. This would have been the height of his priestly and ministerial career to get to go into the temple and be the one who lights the incense. Oh, what a moment, right? To invite God's presence in to his people. Whew, this is a powerful moment. One he would have been so excited about, elated for. I can just see him kind of packing his bags, right? From, you know, the hill country. Elizabeth wouldn't have gone with him in this moment, but he would have gone and he's, you know, just think of, a, think of an older guy, right? And, and his moment is here. Who would have thought, right? Like what? Oh, this is amazing. This is awesome. And so he goes. Verse eight. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot. According to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So while Zechariah is doing his priestly duty, he's lighting and burning the incense. An angel appears standing at the right side of the altar of incense, right next to him, right in front of him. An angel appears. Boom. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. This is, this is John the Baptist we're, re we're referring to here. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine. He is to never take wine or fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. 
So Zechariah has been chosen by lot to come. His division has been picked. He's won the lottery. He's serving in the temple. The once in a lifetime priestly moment. He's got it. He's the one. He's lighting the incense. He's burning the incense. An angel appears. He's gripped with fear. He's startled. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. What has he been praying about? He's been praying, he and his wife, for a child. A pattern we see throughout the scriptures. People being desperate for God to move uh, in these kinds of moments. And so uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth have been praying. They've been faithful. They've been righteous. They've been obedient. And God has heard their prayers. And he's heard it in the midst of them aging. Meaning they've been probably praying this prayer a long, long time. And it's worth noting today, wherever you're watching from, that your prayers are never wasted. God hears your prayers. God hears the cry of your heart. And sometimes you may not have an angel appearing next to you, next to your bed, in your kitchen, your living room, in the altar, right? The, the temple at church. You may not see that. You may not have that moment. But what you need to know in the same way that the angel appeared and said, hey, by the way, Zechariah, in case you didn't know, God has seen the way that you've been living your life. God has heard your prayers and he's moving on your behalf. You need to know, even if God doesn't show up in the same way, in, in, in answering the prayers of your heart, in the same way that he answered the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth, it doesn't mean that God isn't working. It doesn't mean that he is ignoring you or that he doesn't hear you or that he isn't moving. God hears your prayers. You need to know that. He's a good father, a good father in heaven, and your prayers are never wasted. Your prayer has been heard. When we talk about waiting for God, and this, the series that we're in is called At the Movies. And the truth is, much of, much of each sermon, you know, each Sunday, each week, has drifted into this idea of waiting for God and hoping in God. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, man, they've been waiting. They've been in hope. They've been in prayer. But a lot of times as Christians, we're removed. If you've put your faith in Jesus today, right? And, and you have what is called a biblical hope. Right? Hope is a, is a theme of Advent as people were hoping and waiting for the Lord Jesus to show up. Right, That was what they were hoping for, the Messiah, a deliverer. But even in, in more minuscule moments, we hope for God to show up and move, do we not? And the word for hope is actually the word kava. And it's this picture that we oftentimes don't associate with hope, but it's, it's a stranded cord, right? In the same way that you would twist a cord together, right? And the strands would, 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 would tighten up, 
right? And it would become taught. That is the picture that is associated with this word hope and kavah. It means to wait in expectation, but the picture is a bound cord. And if you've ever pulled a cord taut, right? It's, 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 it's wrapped together and you pull that thing taut. It feels like, oh man, this thing is going to snap. This thing is going to break. This thing is going to, you know, you, you'll get the, it's going to pop and you're going to get the whiplash, you know, in the face kind of a moment. When we look at hope, oftentimes we think of it as this kind of, you know, a very fuzzy experience. You know, it's very, it's very safe. It's very sanitized. It's, it's hope. Hope feels good. And yet the picture is one of a cord that's been pulled taut. And isn't that actually how our soul feels many times when we're hoping for God to move? In, In some ways you almost, you rest in him, but you, there's a part of you that also feels uh, almost taut, right? Like you, you're, you're being stretched in this moment. Hope will always, true hope will always stretch your faith. In the same way that the cord is stretched, true hope will stretch you also. Hope will stretch you. And so we see Zechariah and Elizabeth being stretched, even though the text doesn't tell us, even though we don't see it, I can promise you two people who are getting old, right? Who, who haven't, who have no children yet are praying are being stretched. What are you being stretched into right now? How are you hoping for God to move? There's not a person who's watching right now, who isn't having to put their hope in something. What are you believing God to do? Some of you have family situations that are difficult. They're painful, right? In the, in the, like the story at the very beginning with the young boy named Teddy, whose heart has been dinged up, right? And he's having a difficult time believing. He's having a difficult time hoping. Where do you find yourself challenged? Where's your heart been hurt? Is it with your kids? Is it with family? Is it literally for you to have children? Maybe it's for you to get married. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe maybe you have been tried and tested, right? With, with, with parents or with kids and you're just at wit's end and you haven't seen the, the, the needle move or the thing shift or the thing evolve. You just haven't seen the fruit of what you've been praying for. Or maybe you haven't even really been praying. Maybe you can't even get yourself to that place anymore. I have great news for you today. Number one, Isaiah 40, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It's not, it's, it's, I'm just going to read it for you. This is just coming as we're, as I'm preaching that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and they'll not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If we can, the stretching of, of our faith, right? The cord that's being pulled 
taught. If we can tie that end to Jesus, to the Messiah, to God, the, the word reminds us that those who put their hope in him, who are tied and anchored to him, their strength gets renewed. The, the weariness that creeps into your heart, doesn't it? When you're believing and you're trusting and you're praying, and yet you haven't seen God move, you grow weary. And yet, as you're tied to him, as you're anchored in him, as we grow taught with him, oh my goodness, we can run without growing weary and we can walk without it feeling faint. And so here we find ourselves in verse 18. And there's a, a little twist in our story here with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, angels appeared. Don't be afraid. God's heard your prayers. And Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. What well, feels like a very normal question, right? The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I mean, catch the authority of this. The power of this. I am Gabriel. Like are you for real right now, Zechariah? Do you know who I am? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you. And to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. And not be able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words. Which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. See, in Zechariah's time, when we talk about him being faithful and him being obedient and him, him, the way he lived his life, it caught God's attention and the way he prayed. It was very common for a man to divorce his wife because she wasn't able to produce children wasn't able to conceive. And yet that's not what Zechariah did. He stays with Elizabeth and they are faithful not only to God, but to one another. And they just keep praying. And interestingly enough, the very answer to their prayer shows up in a powerful way. The angel Gabriel right, is standing in your presence. Isn't it amazing that you can be in prayer, you can be praying for God to move, you can be praying for God to show up, you can be praying for God to give you a miracle, and then it finally happens, and you're, you're just not able to see it for what it is, or your heart has been so hurt and dinged up that you just have a very difficult time believing. You have a difficult time trusting. Zechariah reveals something that many of us struggle with. 
He's passionate about the temple. He's passionate about church. But yet, he isn't as passionate about God in this moment. And I realize, just, just bear with me. You're like, well, you're reading into that. I, I hear you. But I want you to catch this because Zechariah, he is godly and he does love the Lord. But there's going to, many times it's easier for us to have a zeal for the temple and a zeal in the temple. And I is to see things, quote unquote, in the temple than it is to many times see God at work in our own lives. Meaning, I have faith for you as the priest. I'll burn the incense on your behalf that you might come and encounter God and experience the power of his presence. I can believe it for you. I have the faith for you in theory. And yet when God shows up for me in answer to the very thing that I've been praying about, I don't see it. All of a sudden I'm doubting. All of a sudden I'm struggling. All of a sudden I'm wondering, is this really God? Is this really who you are? I'm so busy at work in the temple that I don't see God at work in my own life. I'm blind to what God is doing or trying to do in my own heart. Zechariah is a picture for all of us, for every single one of us to not just have faith for that person, but to have faith for God to keep moving right here in your own heart and in your own life as well. Don't let your faith become dormant or become apathetic. Don't allow the pain of having prayed and not seeing God show up the way that you thought or the way that you wanted, allow doubt to rule your heart. There's hope. Oh, it's stretching, isn't it? But just because it's stretching doesn't mean God isn't at work and God isn't showing up. Do you see him? Do you see him at work? As I was working on this message, um, I, I can see myself in Zechariah. I see myself in this story. I know where I am in this Christmas moment. It's easy for all of us to drift into doing things for God rather than being with God and seeing God and being in faith for God to move. So I bought, a, I bought this book. It popped up. It, it, technology is truly amazing. It was a recommended book, and it's literally a book, a little tiny guy on miracles, Christmas miracles. Just stories of people around Christmas time who, who recognize the miraculous showing up of God in their life. And they're not these oftentimes huge moments. But it's just, it's normal people praying and believing for God to move. And they testify to it in the pages of this book. That's it. And I realized even as I was preparing for this message, I can drift into being the professional priest who's praying for everybody else or thinking about, you know, God doing this over there. But, but can God really do it here? My, I, God can heal your broken heart in that broken relationship, but can he heal your broken heart in your broken relationship? 
He can minister to that other family's kids, but can he minister to yours? Can he, he can save this person, but can he save your brother? your sister, that, that, that addiction that you've prayed for, right? Or, or that you're believing for that person to be set free from. But can your family member be set free, truly set free from addiction? Can God move that way in your life? So this book was literally deathbed moments where people are praying for God to show up in the midnight hour and, and, the doctor said they're not going to survive. The family comes together. They pray. A miracle happens. And the doctors don't know how to describe it. You've got the, the mother of two at a truck stop who's praying for money to get to the next town, right? To put food on the, she's praying for a specific amount. And somebody comes up to her and says, I feel like the Lord is telling me to give you this. Story after story after story. It's not the sun standing still or the Red Sea parting. It's God showing up in miraculously ordinary ways in the lives of ordinary people. Because God hears our prayers. And because prayers are never wasted. He meets us in, in our hope. He meets us in the tension of our soul as we wait for him. What do you need him to do? What are you asking of God to do in your life this Christmas? Where do you need to become once again a true believer? Where your heart wouldn't be faint, where your heart wouldn't be weary, but that you'd have renewed strength. Where do you need to re-tie and tether and anchor yourself to Jesus Christ today? That's the hope of Christmas. It's one of the hopes of Christmas. It just might be the hope for you today. I believe that God is moving on your behalf. I believe he's moving on my behalf as well. And when we pray and ask him in to our situations, I believe that God is at work. He's not ignoring you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's heard and hears your prayers. He is the answer to the hope of our heart. Father, be with us today. Lord, as we as we open our hearts to you, Lord, all of us have different things that are hurting and painful. We've got places where we need you to move or we've asked you to move and haven't seen or, or maybe our heart, we just haven't even had the strength to bring it to you. Um, God, I'm asking that you would move powerfully in this moment. God, I'm asking, uh, Lord, that you would move in my own life. God, in my family's life, my kids' lives, God, the, the miracles that I need or that we need, God, I pray that you would move. I pray that those who are hearing this message, God, that their spirit and soul would be revived and strengthened. God, that they would not be weary, but would be alive. That they would be full of faith to trust you and to hope again. God, help us to have hope again. Move in our hearts. Move in our lives. 
Thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus at Christmas. Reminds us to have hope. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Have hope. Have hope. Have hope. God is good. He is at work. And He is moving in your life. Not just as we finish up 2022, but let's be in faith and hope for 2023. See you next year. And before we leave today, we just want to recognize Catherine, our production director, hey, um, who had a baby. <laughs> this is our production baby, Eleanor. And so we love that she gets to spend Christmas with us and Christmas Eve Eve with us. But with that, we are going to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Wait. Is it me? <laughs> yes. I can give you a fake segue if you want. Yes, I Because we already that. got the real segue. I'll give you a fake segue. I need a fake right, segue. Okay. Sorry. Today is the fourth Sunday. Whoa, of <laughs> That was in. Sorry, because I wasn't even smiling. He said he was ready. Right, right, I'm ready. Okay. I was not. I'm sorry. Here we go. We're ready now. Smile. Turn with me to the book of Luke uh, today. We're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to get into a book of the Bible. Ha, 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 ha.